podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's straightforward. He has no experience of English football. He's come from Japan. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I'm not one of of the bottle. I think I'm a special one. I have to. to Hello, it's us. The Phoenix Five, Phoenix Four, Phoenix Three. Nope, it's the Phoenix Two. Uh, this week, uh, obviously, we've got quite a big gap, guys. So thank you for sticking with us. It's very hard when you've got five middle-aged men with about seven, eight, nine kids between us and jobs trying to balance an act of getting us all together in the room at the same time. But I'm joined by this week by one of my co-hosts and ever-present, Mr. David Holland. Dave, how are you, mate? How have you been? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Same old thing, same old story. Just uh, struggling to get us all boys together, but uh, we're down to two. So hopefully we can make a, a decent enough show. Uh, before we start on the topic, just um, talk about the football at the moment. Obviously, it's the summer holidays. No real football. You've got the, the Lionesses are in action on, on the women's football. So that's keeping us entertained for those that are watching. Uh, uh, Premier League obviously kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. Arsenal so far invested well. What do you reckon? Challenges? Well, it, I think, I think oh, yeah, the, the signings rate, I'm, I'm, I think 105 million for Declan Rice is, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, my life. But, He's he's 24 years old, so you know in, in today's market, a five-year contract that's not too bad. Going on the fence with Habouts, um, I think everyone is just not really sure where they're going to play. But he was in a Chelsea team that weren't really a team, so and so I think there's something there. But whether he can be consistent in the last season, I, I said when Arteta like threw it away because that's what let's be fair, Arsenal threw it away. It was theirs to, to lose, um, and he threw it away. And I, I thought, think I think it's yeah. a, sorry. I think it's more of a squad squad thing as well. I think we had no depth on the bench. We lost Jesus in the World Cup for four months, and we, we're trying to win leagues with Enketia. Now he's a decent enough finisher, but he's not he's not a Premier League winning striker. Yeah, I maybe. think our bench. I think our bench was was what let us down really. Um, and the, you know, the biggest loss out of it all Saliba, because when he was in the team, we weren't we weren't conceding the goals that we were conceding. You see the stats. Not that you know you know I'm a man that likes to bring stats up every now and again, but um, without him. It was um it was a massive difference, but this guy they brought in Timber now as well, which means if you know if anything happens to them, Timber is on the right and Ben White can go back into the centre. Even though he was great at right back last year, but yeah. it just it just we the, the squad we needed to we need a bigger squad, and this season we've got that. But whether we'll be the same, we, we were the surprise package last year. Yeah. So going into this season, people are going to know how to play against us. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. People, you know. No one expected Arsenal to be where they were last year, so now they're expecting it. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, it'll be different. No, I agree. I think I think they've signed well. I think they need one or two more squad players to 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 really get them over the line. I think. But when I looked at your business in this summer, I, I thought, you know, what? and they they backed him big as well, money wise, because he spent. People forget Arteta spent quite a fair amount of money there. People seem to think, oh, they're paupers, but uh, you know, don't point compared to Man City's. Man City. Net spend when they do the net spend, they've always they're just selling players for 40 50 million half the time. So, the net spend, I hate that. But your actual spend under Arteta has been quite high. So, I think 
the the ball this season and what he ended up spending by the end of the season 220, 230, maybe 250. Yeah, we're about 200 now, so and there's still, but you know what? As an Arsenal fan, it's quite nice because obviously, with the Emirates Stadium come and we weren't spending money and all that sort of stuff, it's just nice to be able to say, you know, we're putting in a transfer that's around what what the big boys are paying, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we weren't doing that before, it was always in the bargain basement. And you're yeah. getting someone from Chelsea who's in there, who's 31 and, you know, like, and, you know, retirement packages, all that sort of stuff. So it's just yeah. nice that we could bring in a young player like Declan Rice, pay, pay big money for him. You know, it just it makes a bit of a statement to say, look, we're, you know. No, I agree. I agree. Making, you know, I mean, we, then we, we go and lose to United. We were linked with him. And I was like, not for that amount of money. Only because, but I think purely because we the last 10 years, we've, we've paid 80, 90 million pound players and they've just not worked out. And I think if Declan Rice goes to Arsenal with that amount, yes, he's got the price tag. But they're still kind of a surprise package almost. There's not going to be that same hype as he goes to United. Every media outlet's on him, every fan's on him, you know. So I, I thought just if he comes to United, he'll end up being a have to have an eight or nine out of ten every game, and he won't be doing that. And therefore, it, it, the pressure on it. I don't. I'm not sure about Mason Mount. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I was going to say that. With, again, we just going to before we jump onto Mason Mount, Declan Rice. He's not one of them flair players like your Jack Grealish, who's who would who, be looking at him to be creating goals, creating assists, so he won't be criticised for that. He, yeah. He's in there to do the, do the donkey work, you know, like and break up play and, and all that sort of stuff, which he does really well. He's been consistent with that, so there's no reason to think that he can't. So, but you know, when you're saying you're paying £100 million for a Grealish, or that, they're, they're expecting magic, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not expecting that. It's a, it's a different role. Going on to Mason Mount, I, 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 I've always been on the fence with Mason Mount. We, we spoke about this before. I don't see. I don't see what other people see. Maybe it's just I just didn't like Chelsea or what. But um, and Chelsea fans, there's many Chelsea fans who, who really, really think he was great. And I know they're probably a little bit biased because he come through the ranks and he's one of our own and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I've I've always been fifty fifty on Mason Mount. Adam Miller, who's part of the Phoenix Five, who hasn't shown up today. He he, as, as Graham would say, wax lyrical about him. He thinks he's great. But I don't know. I'm on the fence with him. But, I don't you know. know him going to United might. You know, he might he might pull up trees. He may do. Well, the thing is, he's come for a fee. United United this season for the first time in a long time of coherent. They've not. We've linked. We've been linked with the least amount of players I ever remember us being linked with for years. Like we always linked to about fifty different players. We were linked with Mason Mount, and that's who we went and got. We were linked with Anayo, uh, the goalkeeper. That's who we got. We we're linked with this Arabat midfielder, and we're linked with the um, the young striker from Atlanta. And there's no like other people. We just seem to be going for the people we want, and then we're selling people like the younger kids. For a decent fee, like Alenga's 15 million. I think Fred's going to go for 15. Henderson will go for 15, 20. You know, we've got uh, Jones has gone out. A lot of shit were in the squad. I mean, the hair decision, he's made a big decision by letting the hair go um, and bringing in a, a more different type of goalkeeper. So I think we, we, if we can get the three more players in, I think we'll be battling for top four. I think that's, that'll get us in the top four. But yeah. it'd be interesting to see because we're not going to be taken over by the time the Premier League starts. But if they do manage to take him over before, because the Premier League starts in the beginning of August and the transfer window shuts at the end, if there is a completion of a of a transfer of a, a new owners and Kylian Mbappe is still being spoken about, or Harry Kane hasn't gone at, the, at that stage, I can see that us then going in for the one of those superstar signings. But I think what what we've done, we've lowered the age of the squad, we've gone for younger players, a bit more dynamic. What I don't like is Mason Mount getting the number seven, and uh, I, I don't understand how. I don't. I, I don't think that helps him. You know, I don't think no. that helps him by giving him that number. I think that's already put him under pressure that he doesn't already, he doesn't need. Hundred um, percent. You see that striker that they're going for that high or whatever. Hoyord, yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't know how true this is because I only heard it on the passing. He only scored nine goals last season. 
Uh, yeah. You know, big old, big old Walt Warhouse. He was up, you know, I mean, any sort of numbers he was racking. I mean, not even got for United probably for Burnley. But any numbers. Work, work. You know, you can't be, Man United need a, need a striker desperately, but they need one that's going to be banging goals. Now, I don't know what he's, I don't know if he, what is, I didn't watch any of his games, so I don't know if he was, you know, if he was creating a lot of goals and he was, you know, coming deep and doing all that sort of stuff. But United just need an out and out goal scorer up there. It's a difficult one. I've seen a bit of him Atlantis. I like Atlanta. I've, I've, I've always been a fan of watching them. Um, and I think the thing is, it's a bit like, yes, we need an out-and-out striker, but I think you're balancing off. You can go and sign Harry Kane for 100 million, 105 million. You get two seasons out of him, but I don't think it's showing you a long-term project. And I think all of a sudden you're just buying a name for the sake of that short-termism. This kid's going to come in if he does. I don't know how many goals he'll get necessarily, but I think if you look at if you look now of our team, if Mason Mount does contribute with Casemiro and Mason Mount in the hole, then you, uh, you've you got Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Garnaccio. Uh, if Greenwood comes back in, Martial, you've got a lot of quality there that, that, that should be able to link up play. And our problem last season wasn't even the conceding goals, but it was the fact that we kept losing possession from the back. So the goalkeeper, De Gea, would knock it long or whatever, and we, we would then be under pressure a lot. I think it was, you can see the final third was our problem. And that starts from your back line, not pushing up far enough. And Maguire is just not good enough at that. And that's another do thing. Think, so. do, do you think Johnny Evans is the answer, is it? No, Johnny Evans, that, that was, when I, I I saw that, I was like, wow. I, I mean, if I'm Maguire and that's been happening, I'm asking for a transfer. Like I'm literally going <laughs> into the office going, it's time for me to move on. I know you're at Man United, you're on big money and, and, and you're in England international, but at 30, you haven't got a long left in your career. And you no. should be now going right. Well, I'm not going to realistically at United. If we won two trophies next season, I don't even be in the squad for it. So you can go somewhere like a West Ham or so, you know, won a trophy last season or a mm. I don't know, Everton or someone like that. And you can have a, a, a good back end to your career and, and get back in the England team. I, I, I think Maguire would. I think Man United's too much of a big, a club, big club for him. I've, I mean, at Leicester, he was great, which is why they yeah. paid 80 million for him. But I think yeah. West Ham, them sort of teams were a good fit for him. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I, I, I really do. And I think he'll go there and he'll play well. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. And if we can get him off the books, I just think, I mean, again, I think this season, I always said this this transfer was, was key for Ten Hag because he had to change the captaincy, change the goalkeeper. He had to change like a few of the players in the age and, and what we wanted in terms of ability. And I think he's done that. As I said, on the fence with Mount, but we've got to give him a chance. And Nao's going to be a, a fantastic goalkeeper. I think he'll be a ricket at some times. There'll be a few rickets in him because he's that kind of goalkeeper. But I think he'll create a lot more than what we had before. Bringing a young dynamic forward. And if Greenwood comes back in, I think we're going to have a, a, a very decent season. Anyway. Do he will. Do you, think, do, you think, do you think Greenwood will get back in though? Or do you think they'll ship him out? Oh, I, I think, I, I don't know. I think they need to make a decision and quickly because it's just taking, the, it's, it's just dragging on now. Like at the end of the day, whether and anyone can have their opinion, whether he, whatever your situation is, he's still with the lady that the incident happened with. They've just had a child. So he's matured from that. There was rumours that wasn't made public about their sex life prior to this anyway. Um, it, the dad never came out and condoned him from the beginning, which is weird. From I've got daughters that I wouldn't have had that attitude. The case was dropped. And I think we're very much like, oh, he's this, this, this and that, which is fine. But at the end of the day, it, it, there's no charge being brought against him. What, you can't punish someone for that situation. I think you, you keep an eye on him and the club's responsibility, they do keep him now, which I think they will. I think they will. I think Hargs made it clear he wants to keep him, but they're looking from a PR point of when to inter when to make that announcement that he's going to stay before you get the backlash. And I think it, you keep an eye on and you make sure you the, the club support him and his partner as a community and make sure it's not happening. And you know the the players are around him. So you know, I, you, I, 
just on that though, just before we start the show properly, Benjamin Mendy, did you see this? So yeah. he got cleared of all charges and now he's playing for Laurent. Yeah. Now, my issue with this is, like, I saw every case is different, but that, you know, until he's been, until he, them court cases are done, his name shouldn't be in the media because yeah. he's lost three years of his career now on yeah. something that was not guilty on any of the charges, yeah. you know, and he doesn't get that back. Now, I know, yeah. uh, you know, every case is different and that's fine, but I don't think it should be allowed to be in the media and you'd be absolutely like, Mud slung until you're because now what's he doing? The, the mud's going to stick with him forever, and he's yeah. been proven not guilty, but yeah. on all charges, you yeah. know. And he's lost his whole career to that, and his career will never be the same. His life probably will never be the same. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But anyway, well, they, we, we went. That's fine. But the minute that happened, um, Memphis Dubai came out on Twitter and wrote, wrote a massive post about who's going to stand up for Mendy, who's going to support like this. It's okay, and you know, I'm not. He was found guilty, uh, innocent in the court of law, so I can only go from that. But it's right, like all these players, they are targeted a lot of the time. I'm not saying it doesn't happen; they haven't made mistakes, and and, and we've seen that that is not is the case. But generally, they found guilty, and they found guilty. In his case, absolutely right. He's lost three years of his career. You know, he's lost, I think, lots of money. I think it'll be all right in the end because I think that kind of career will and book sales and when he does all the other stuff behind it. But you're right, and I, I think it's the same thing. If it, we're very quick to judge people and be like, no, 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 he, he's done it or whatever. And even when they're found not guilty, there'll be people going, no, he's still guilty. Because yeah. oh, there is yeah. Like I say, it, 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 that will be with him forever. It's Let's not... get back in our time machine and get back to what everyone really wants to hear. Let's get back and get back to the the nineties. This week's show, guys, we're going to do the football's iconic moments of the nineties. So we're going to pick out a few moments that, that are close to us or just memories we remember quite vividly. And Beckham saw Sullivan off his line. Oh, that is absolutely phenomenal. Exclusively live from the city ground. Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool in association with Fosters. Nottingham, one of the prettiest cities in the country. A sporting tradition here stretching all the way back to Robin Hood. The River Trent cuts through the middle of the city. On the one side, North County. When you do that with footballers, like he said about Leeds, and when you do things like that about a man like Stuart Pearce, I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that, but I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we do Love it. I've gone through an entire league campaign without losing. The first time it's happened for over 100 years. Played 38, won 26, drawn 12, lost exactly none. Arsenal's name has a place in the sporting record books for all time. Sheringham and Solskjaer has won it! 
So it's 1990s. We've got iconic moments. I think you've got some of the most iconic moments in the 90s, but obviously we're more, you know, famous for those moments. But I'm going to kick us off. The first one that I can remember when I, when I thought about this topic, and I thought about 90s iconic. It, I was thinking like the images, like that photo that's stuck stuck in your mind. And you're like, oh, that is just. If you show that moment, I can tell you where I was, what happened. And the first one, I'm going all the way down to the southeast London at, at Selhurst Park, the home of Wimbledon and Crystal Palace at the time. Beckham wearing the less iconic number 23 uh, at United. Gets the ball, turns it halfway, just before in his own half. Turns around, bosh, Neil Sullivan on the line. He smacked it 55 yards. It's gone over Neil Sullivan into the goal. Arms are in the air. The, the curtains are down. Snap that picture. Iconic moment number one is David Beckham scoring from the halfway line. What 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 are your thoughts on that? I don't even. I mean, I've not seen that goal in years. But I, how you describe that, there is, I can see it all. I can see it absolutely all. I, even when Neil Sullivan goes back and he just puts like this whole whimper in one arm up. Do you know, like, yeah, you're nowhere near. Um, <laughs> I remember I was a kid where well, we were all kids then. Amazing. Everyone wanted to try and do that after. It was um. It was an amazing goal. It was it was cheeky, is what it was. And uh, but it, it burst Beckham onto the scene from then on, wasn't it? That was when Beckham, would you say, like obviously you're a United fan, you knew of him, but as you know, as other fans and other other that's when you thought, well, yeah, Beckham's got some wand. But it was, oh. it was the, the vision of it, the vision of it, the audacity of it, and uh, yeah, and uh, they yeah, teams were watching out for that after they were, you know, what I mean, like, he could do that. The, the great thing about that goal is that it's, you know, like when, when a striker does it and they'll turn and they'll just whack it and they'd, it, if it go, it, they'll smash it, volley it, half volley it, 50 odd yards, and then it'll go in. It was the way he took the touch and then he, he's deliberately, he's just gone, it's in slow motion almost. He's just kind of bomb and you could see he's, he's gone, it's like a, he looked like a golfer. His foot was like a golf club. The way it's just gone, bomb and over, perfectly over him and into the net. And it did, he burst on the scene. That was one of the things all of a sudden. And Beckham's got some iconic moments for his career, the goal against Greece and um, the bandage around the head, the sarong being worn. There's loads of moments Beckham's got in the 90s of um, and early 2000s of moments. But for me, that was the, the, that was the one I pictured the most. That's one of my favourite pictures. I had a, picture, a poster on my wall um, and I think I had a picture, uh, like a, a print of it a couple of years ago. Well, a good couple of years ago. It's just that, it's just iconic. I love that picture. One of my favourite um, photos I, I, I can remember from the 90s. Uh, what have you gone for, mate? What are your top? Well, so I've got, I've sort of gone in order from 1990 to 1999. So I've just oh, okay. done one. So I've, I've, I've done one. Mine's not like a goal. Mine's just. So I've gone for Italian '90 and Gaza crying. Mm. You know, that's that's an iconic moment. We were we were seven in Italian '90, but I've watched a lot of documentaries on it recently, and I, I've come back to yourself and I've said I absolutely loved that tournament. When I've gone and watched it back now, it was amazing. Um, Gaza was was amazing in that tournament. Um, unbelievable, and then he gets booked in the semi-final, which means that if England don't make it to the final, he's suspended. And then you see, um, and then Gary Lineker's in it as well, and he says the Bobby Robson, doesn't he? Like keep an eye on him. But Gaza's crying, crying on the pitch. Now that's that's an iconic moment for me. Um, it's one one that you you still see today. You still see these pictures around today, and um, and it wasn't like, and if you know, if we would have won in that semi-final. It'd have been. It, it, I mean, how would he have felt if you know into the World Cup final and he's not he's not playing? You know, he, well, he actually he actually showed you how he felt. He showed you how he felt at that moment, mm. um, and it's an amazing moment. And it's one that you know, it would live on. That 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 image will live on um, forever in in like English football history. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think of that? 
Yeah, like, it is a moment. When you said you can just see G is G Lineker walking by. I mean, the video of it is obviously Lineker walking by, looking at him and like pulling the face, and then Gaza's the tears. It's the photo after where he's got the shirt, hasn't he? On the round yes, and after the game where he's clapping, those two kind of iconic pictures of Gaza. I mean, again, Gaza had so many iconic moments you can talk about in, oh, in the nineties. It's just absolute loads and loads and loads for right and wrong reasons. But yeah, that, I would say that's one of his. That's probably the one, of the, if not the most iconic, apart from the dentist chair celebration, that was probably the most iconic. Yeah, every, in that in that period, everyone sure. felt for him though at that time. Do you know, mm. like that, it pulls on your heart as an English fan as we are. It pulled, yeah. Even just to see that, see the highlights of that, you know, because we were really young. But even it pulls on your heartstrings. You all, you all feel that for him. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an amazing moment. That. No, I, I definitely agree. Well, I'll stick with Gazelin and I'll, I'll stick with international for a moment. I'm going for 1996. I'm going with the game that we finally got to host a tournament again since uh, 66. It's England win 2-0 and Gaza scores the goal of the competition, if not the goal of the Euros history competition. Um, it's England versus Scotland. Uh, and that iconic moment, and that's not so much of a picture, but it's it's a bit of art, the way he takes the ball. And the, going into this game, there was a lot of pressure on Gaza. Uh, he, he was pretty poor the game before. Terry Venables had a bit of an annoying, annoyed with him because he weren't really stepping up into the tournament. And then obviously this game comes along and it, it's, it's just magical. I, I think he was going through a divorce with Cheryl at this time as well. So there was a lot of issues behind the scenes with him. But it, you could see on the pitch, it was just pure joy. I don't think there's ever been a player since that I can say. Uh, I mean, Dwight York was quite close in terms of always having a smile on his face, but genuinely just ecstatic to play football. Like you, you could put him on a pitch around the corner from the house in a park, or you can put him in the middle of Wembley Stadium with 90,000 screaming fans, all Gaza fans, and it's, you get the same performance there as you would there. And that moment in, in that game when, you know, he, he mugs off Colin Hendry, gets it in the, and the, volleys it in, and just beautiful. And that is an iconic England moment again. You talk about the one you just spoke about, absolutely right. That's a Gaza iconic photo, and this is an iconic, oh, oh sorry, this is iconic Gaza goal. Uh, what do you think about that one? Um, yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you said that. I feel like all Gaza's issues and everything going when he's on the football pitch, they all go away, and he's and he's just he was a magician. But I had a conflict of interest in that game, obviously, for him to be half Scottish. But it was great to be on the English side of the sofa when he'd done that to go to my dad ah, and go crazy. Um, but it, yeah, it was a magical goal. It was, it, I mean, you very rarely see goals like that in, in tournaments, you know, special goals. And that was one of them. And then like I say all the stick they were getting from being out on the piss on their tour, uh, in the friendlies before, and they've gone and pulled out the dentist chair. Um, so it had it had it all. It had it all. Um, I didn't actually write down an iconic moment for Euro '96, but if I was going to do it, it would have been the um, the game after. It would have been the Holland game four one. Because that for me was was amazing. Um, but that's not one of my on my list, so we'll move swiftly on. But it was a, it was an amazing goal. He, he was an amazing player. I mean, and you got to remember that was six years after Italia '90, so, um, you know, and he was still doing doing some magic then, you know. Absolutely. Right. So I've I'm not going to do goals, all goals, because I feel that we can do an episode of goals, and and then goals would come up. So. I've got I've gone for moments and, and things that happened in the nineties that I felt like were iconic. So my second one is Denmark winning Euro ninety two. Now yeah. I know we probably don't remember too much about it, but that's that's the whole problem. No one does. 
You know, it never gets mentioned about Denmark winning it. And it goes against the grain of the teams that always win it. You know, you've got your Frances, your Germanys, your Italy's. Um, yeah, I know in Greece done it in 2004 against the grain, but it's only been Greece and Denmark and it's the mm. usual suspects. But not only that, they wasn't even meant to be in it. They only yeah. qualified because of the war in Yugoslavia and they'd gone on to win it. So that's like a Cinderella story. Yeah. So I feel like that is like an iconic moment within the decade that we're talking about, you know. It never gets spoken about, you know. And if that happened now, everyone, you know, even if you're not Denmark fans, you you know, you're, you're, you're all for that. You know, everyone likes an underdog and... And I just feel that, that everything everything went went in went their way there. You know, they were going that they weren't even ready to go, and they get the call to go to United and they go on to win it. That's that's a that's a film. Oh yeah, I mean you, you look at the teams they you know they 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 knocked out. Then they and they beat they beat Netherlands on penalties and then knocked Germany out in the final to win two new in the final. I mean, and this was like if you if you if I said to you now, right, name name that's that 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 um that team in for Denmark. How many players can you name from that Denmark team? Really, probably three, and I'll tell you them: the Laudrup well, brothers and Schmeichel. Yeah, <laughs> and I think and I think anyone could do that. But you know, them three players though, class, by the way. But that's for another show. I'm you. You've got international again, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come off the international market now. I'm gonna go with uh, the Kevin Keegan slump, uh, the fourth. Oh, yeah. Not the rant, because the rant's played over and over again. The rant, everyone knows, right? It's a classic moment as a video, you know, the mind games, classic Ferguson. But for me, one of the most memorable moments of that game is, is I know the Colin Moore scores late, make it 4-3, is the way Keegan slumps over the hoarding. It's just like, yeah. I'm done. Like, I'm I'm toast. I'm done. I'm finished. Like, there's, no, there's, still, there's nothing you could do after that. And you just thought, if you're a player looking over and your manager's doing that, you are just drained of energy because you, oh, you yeah. bring in and you look at that and that would have replayed. I love, I think that's such an iconic photo, just the way he slumped over the hoardings, you know, because yeah. back in now, you're in your manager seat and it's a lot more professional, but then um, it was next to the hoardings and he's over with his big massive jacket, he's perm, and then the four three goes in, the camera goes to him and he just arms in the air and then slumps down like someone shot him. That to me is, a, is just proper 90s, like a proper... Yeah. Someone's literally pulled his soul out and thrown it in the bin. I love that moment, and I love Keegan, but that moment for me is just fucking epic. Oh, absolutely! Like, not only is that an epic moment, it's an epic game. It's an iconic game. It's one of the greatest yeah. games in 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 English football history because it, everything that had riding on it. And he slumped down like everyone would if he was in that situation. Any Newcastle fan because they were going for the title, time, they all would have felt that same moment. So he was just like one of them. I think it was it Terry McDermott next to him. He had a perm mm. as well, and he had a grey perm when he standing next to him in the black, the yeah. black jacket with the purple stripes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Collie Moore hit the fourth, four, the fourth goal in a four-three winner, wasn't it? Right yeah. at the death. And, uh, he, uh, you see Collie, and Collie Moore's running down the side with his arms like that, wasn't he? <laughs> as, as he's running, as he's running down, amazing, amazing moment, amazing game. I've watched that um, game yeah. probably the most out of uh, a non-United game. I've probably seen that game the most out of any other game because it's just both of the game, both the four threes. They are just fucking like it's end to end stuff. It's 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 what football was in the nineties. It was just pure, just love and magic. Loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And then they, they didn't have, they had a, a game after that. The next game they had was another four three, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't, I as, wasn't as dramatic as that, but the next game they played was 4-3 again. It was like everyone was at it again, like, bloody hell, but it wasn't as dramatic as that one. <laughs> we can't have an iconic moment in the 90s and not talk about the birth of the Premier League. Oh, yeah. 1992, Still. it's the day, it, well, it's the it's the year that football changed forever. Yeah. Now, some might argue it was for the better, some, some might argue for the worst, 
fight. I, I'm on the fence with it both. I love the Premier League, don't get me wrong, but you know yourself, and we're we're different in our views. I don't like the financial side of it. Of you know, pre pre nineteen ninety two football was pure. And this in the documentaries that I've watched, they said that the minute nineteen ninety two come, footballers became pop stars, and you know, they, you know, there was then superstars then, and it, you know, and then everything changed football wise, and you can see it now for what we discussed at the start here. People are paying one hundred and five million for players, and that's that was when it that all all started. So um, yeah. We got an iconic moment, and it is an iconic moment because it changed football forever. The birth of the Premier League. Brilliant. And what was that? Do you remember the first fi- Sunday night fixture or Sunday afternoon? It was the first tip- Sky Sports Super Sunday with the Premier League in 1992, the first game they aired. Do you know what it was? Would it have been Sheffield United? No, it was Brian Dean. He, Brian, Brian Dean scored the first Premier League goal, but it was yeah. the first game on Sky. Was, uh, not in the first oh, on Sky. Football. No. One, one so nil winning. Forest Liverpool lost one 0 on the opening uh, Super Sunday. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, and that's like again, that's an iconic moment. Just for the pure fact it was the first ever game on Sky, and, and then was... I just then their first ever goal, iconic moment. So you know we're, we're we're flashing them out now. Exactly, absolutely. I mean, we spoke about the finance one for those who listened before. We've gone through the finances of the game. I I think it's inevitable now, and like all sport, it's not just football. And you can talk about you know everyone's era is the best era. We've said this before. We do a nineties podcast because we think nineties are the best. Um, I'm, I lean towards the noughties with football as well. I'm I'm a big fan of the noughties to 2010 football. I think that was, I think that equals or is around the 90s game as well. I think once Chelsea came in, it did change the game slightly. It became championship manager. And now, as you've seen, it, it's completely gone the other way. It's just gone way out of anyone's loop. And you look at clubs like Wrexham and clubs at the, the non-league and how difficult it is to get there. But I think ultimately, like all sport now, you talk about characters, snooker, darts, boxing, all of it. They've all lost characters in the game. The minute money comes into any of these games and you're working for people that want to make as much money as possible, everything changes. I'll refer it back to wrestling for me because that's my other love. The WF in the 90s, you had people going out after, you know, in the early 2000s when I went out to events and after the event, you go to the bar and the wrestlers there and you have a drink of them and you have a bit of banter. You know, that's all gone now. And the, the wrestling stories you'd hear about the road stories about what would happen, same as pre-season parties and Tuesday nightclubs and all this stuff. It, you just couldn't get away. But I don't think it's just money. It's, it's smartphones was a massive thing because you could do stuff in the 90s and early noughties and get away with it. Uh, with The paparazzi would, would catch you, with the, would be the only thing. But now everything's recorded. You're account- held accountable 24-7. So I think that the, the first time Sky came in and took over with Rupert Murdoch, I think it changed the game for the better, and it's just went. It's just gone so far the other way now. It's a different, it's a different game you can identify now to then. But I think it's a is it a better game? I don't know. People that listen to the pub will all probably say nineties is the better better game or better era, um, which I probably agree with if I, if a push comes to shove. And United were epic in the nineties, so um, I can't really uh, say much more than that. Uh, yeah, good choice that one, mate. I'm going to go with another one. Uh, it pains me to say this one, but it, it's uh, the Blackburn winning the league is an iconic moment. Nah. we've got we've got a match we've got a yeah. match that, that was one of mine it has to um, be it yeah. has to be it's um you know we talk about money coming into the football i mean blackburn were the first club everyone goes about united and you wax on about united spending money but blackburn literally an open checkbook and and sign players and then they sign until they won the league uh, and that that was a, the, the opening of the, the the financial kind of side coming into it and really just putting your money where your mouth is uh, and they were such a, a a fun team to watch, and the economy obviously losing the game at the end of the season to still win the league against Liverpool just as iconic. Just them losing that game is iconic, 
but still winning the league. It's just brilliant. I think you, you, there's there's been loads of tales since that with the Aguero moment, you know, in, in the later time. And then you had the Liverpool City season where it was very close. But that still stands out for me as one of those, as a United fan, it's horrible. But an iconic moment is Blackburn and Colin Hendry and Alan Shearer lifting that trophy. Uh, yeah, no, I've got that on my list. I was going to get to it on, after my next one, but totally agree. Um, it was just, I think everyone sees it as an iconic moment because it was just breaking up United's dominance. You know, mm. even if it was just, even if it was just for one season, and you know, they, yes, they they did they did buy it. I agree with that. You know, Jack Walker was literally went out to to buy the best players to achieve it, and he did. Um, but everyone, you know, everyone hated United United back then, other than United fans. So when someone's dominant, that's what happens. They always want someone to come along and take the crown, and and Blackburn did. Um, it was to their demise because pretty much like Leicester of these times. Few seasons later, you know they've they've gone down, and you know, and Blackburn have never recovered. Um, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't out happen to Leicester because I like you know Leicester were a decent enough side and they've done well. But you know, as an iconic moment, you can't have iconic moments in in the nineties and not mention Blackburn's Premier League win. Um, so yeah, we got a snap on that one, mate. With, with the Blackburn one as well, which I think I listened to a podcast recently. Who was it? it was on there? Oh, I can't. Oh, God, it's annoying me now. It was someone. Oh, it's Tim Sherwood on the Eddie Herm. I uh, know on the uh, Simon Jordan podcast. Yeah, I've I listened yeah. to that. Yeah, when he was saying about like you know that that season after where they was all thinking what well, we can push on and they got offered to Dan and Jack Walker turns around and goes why do I need to Dan when I've got Tim Sherwood? I know. We're just thinking. Uh, obviously hindsight is a brilliant thing and all the rest of it. But you imagine that season they they, they bring in Zidane, they bring in one or two other players. Fucking hell. I, th- I no. think it was Zidane and Jorkayev, wasn't it? Was it I mean, Zidane, Zidane and Jorkayev, yeah. he oh, said. Imagine, as, yes, as, yes. As, something like that for like ridiculous, like a couple of million each or something. 1.2 million for Zidane. You just bring, if you bring them two players in that season, they could have gone on and won it. it the whole sliding doors moment it, with, that, with them two signings, you're thinking... That's a that's a game changer, definitely. You could have come yeah. in and you could have been that dominant force and pushed on. Obviously, glad they didn't, but um, yeah. yeah. What's your next iconic moment, mate? So my next iconic moment, I've gone back international again, um, and it was uh, Maradona getting sent home at USA '94. Oh, now, man. the moment of it, obviously, he was on drugs and that, but it's the picture that you see that everyone sees. He's in the blue kit. And he scored, didn't he? And he's yeah. out to the camera and his eyes are like, oh, we've mentioned it before, so we won't go, but his sources are like that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, that, for, I mean, other than, uh, there's not many moments you can remember about USA 94 because obviously no. England weren't in it. Um, but that's one of them. If you mention USA 94 to someone that's in the 90s, you can guarantee that he's going to mention Maradona yeah. getting yeah. sent home. You know, it's, it's an iconic moment for that tournament. It's an iconic moment for 1994. And um, yeah, what's your memories? Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, I don't remember watching. I mean, I, the other remember that one's Valderrama is at Colombia with a big hair. Uh, the yes, yes. Hair. Um, I would say that was one of the first things I remember. If you said USA '94, I remember the we the I the what do you call it the graphic for uh, the blocks that made the with the football head. That's that, right. That kind of um, they were they were one of the Coca Cola footballs that you got from McDonald's, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I remember, they had little, little small, like real small balls. Yeah, and that's had, like one. And they had the green, white and patches on it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's green, it. Green, white and red. Yes. I remember those really, really well. And I remember him in for Colombia just being like completely different to what you would have seen anywhere else. And I remember yeah. it's a Brazil, Brazil won 94, didn't they? Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember Brazil lifting the trophy. And as you said, the Maradona moment was obviously, it's iconic. You're absolutely right, because he was definitely on something. <laughs> there's no... There's well, that's no... what I mean. It's, it's, it's iconic and a disgrace at the same time. But, you know, it's something that, you know, yeah. that stayed with him. Um, there's, there's, like, don't get me wrong. There was a few moments at the 94 World Cup, which we probably covered before, like Escobar getting shot, scoring her own goal. You know, stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, Isn't Maradona that... sticks out for me. Wasn't that Maradona's last international goal for Argentina as well? In I believe so. I believe so, yeah. yeah. That's an iconic moment in itself, like the last ever goal that, that he scored. With well, that, you've that... got to remember, he done, in, 19, like in 1994, he, he, in 1986 is when he'd done the hand of God. So yeah. He, you know, that, I mean, that's eight years. I mean, I don't know how old he was at that time, but, you know, you can't, you can't imagine he played on for much longer. Well, it, it comes on nicely to my next one then, because we're talking about Argentina, and there's only ever one other moment I can imagine of uh, the Argentina team uh, with uh, England, and that would be Mike Owen scores that goal that announced him to the world. We've got another snap, <laughs> but I've got something to add to it, so you okay. carry on. Well, no, it's I, I, that is I remember that was the '98 was obviously peak football for us, like being in school, it, um, you know, having arguments about different players and coming with our match and our shoot, and then having a debate about who's doing this, who's signing this player. Obviously, over the summer holidays, we all broke away for for World Cups. We weren't really together, obviously, for it. But then coming back, it was like, did you see that moment? Did you see that? And I remember when when Michael Owen burst into the scene with, with that goal, when he literally did it, was a, an iconic goal. And obviously, we lost the game. But it's a shame because if that game gets won, that goal is, is even in more high regard than it even is now because that's a winning goal in that tournament or whatever it would be. But it was just such a good goal to the way he he takes him on and and beats him and scores and lightning fast and all of a sudden everyone was it, it's the same Rooney effect that he had in two thousand four with Portugal when all of a sudden Rooney's everyone did not want to go near Rooney and there's not many players that England have had over the last let's say fifty years you probably got three players that were genuinely people were scared against and that was obviously as we mentioned Gaza it was Michael Owen and Wayne Rooney that with genuine fear in defenders and midfielders when the name's on the team sheet. And that goal for me just was, yeah, I love that goal. It, it, it It's like a brilliant goal. Brilliant moment. Like It's the iconic video of it and the iconic moment when he's, you can see him scoring the goal and, and the celebration. Loved it. What have you got to add to that? It, like I was talking about England's, some of England's best goals, that's up there. It was oh, yeah. the significance of it. It was it was amazing. He runs from his own half and he just, at his, it, like, just running at pace. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing goal. Um, like you said, if we win that game, it's it goes down as the greatest goal mm. ever for, in an England shirt. But I, I, so I got to snap you there. But also in the same game, another iconic moment is when David Beckham, who scored that goal from the halfway line, kicks out at Simeone. Ah, uh, you know you have the you have the good you have the good and the bad in the same game. It's it's another iconic moment because what happened after, which was a disgrace by England fans, you know, like burn effigies and. Doing all this other stuff. It's a game of football. At the end of the day. We've spoken about this. It's a game of football at the end of the day. No one deserves that. And he managed to turn it around. I mean, he's just signed Messi for his club. You know what I mean? So he ain't doing too bad. But um, <laughs> but you know, you know, that that was the ups and downs of being an England fan back then as well. You mm. know, like England always, you know, whatever happened, it was always last minute, it was always something, you know. We were always just about in it, but it'd be the light, it'd be one moment that killed us. It was the hope that killed us. And that was another example of it. Owen goes on and does that. And then Beckham kicks out of Simeone because Simeone shoves him in the back. And Simeone goes down like a sack of shit, by the way, and he barely gets touched by the heel of Beckham's boot, but it's the name of the game. Yeah. And um and so yeah, so I've got that, I've got that down written down as that as iconic, both moments in the same game. Yeah, I, I agree. Two two iconic moments in the same game. 
Uh, absolutely right. But but uh, but you, could you argue as a third iconic moment with, with, with the disallowed goal by Campbell in the same game? <laughs> <laughs> it could do, yeah. And that's again another breaking in his hearts because um, that shouldn't have been disallowed. Yeah. You know, yeah. that should not have been disallowed. And, you know, you know we don't, none of us are fans of AAR because we were in, when we were playing for, watching football, that was never a thing. But, you know, I'll be calling for VAR for that now and hoping that he turns around and goes, that's good to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you reckon, though, if he, uh, for me, I think there's two things in that game, uh, just before we go on. If Kalina was refereeing that game, Beckham doesn't get sent off. I think Beckham gets a yellow because Kalina was a smart referee and he, he could he would have known what, what the game was then. It wasn't a, a, a horrible kick. It was almost like a little, uh, you know, fuck off, you twat. It was, a, it was a flimsy little, it was a flimsy little thing. It was, it was a yeah. petulant thing, wasn't it? It was yeah. petulant. It was just stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I think if Kalina referees that game, that doesn't happen and we go on and win it. Or if VAR was about back then, I don't. I still don't think he would have necessarily gone off. I think they would have seen the overreaction from Simeone and the referee would have said, well, you're being stupid now, it's, it's yellow. And the goal would never have been disallowed. That's my two pence. Absolutely agree. Um, right, I've got one more moment for me. Um, there's obviously hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of moments that people have. If you've got your own moments, obviously, you know, you feel free to uh, give us a tweet on the Phoenix Five Show uh, Twitter page. For me, this is the most iconic moment in in the nineties. Can I can I jump in? Can I just jump in and just say? Go on. Before, can I guess yours? Yeah, go for it. You know what it's going to be. It's easy. Yeah. Well, I've got it down anyway because I didn't want to be too biased in in you know it's May night. It's treble season. It's treble season, isn't it? Yeah. No. And there's, <laughs> there's one moment. Uh, they can they score? They always score, and Solskjaer has won it. Uh, <laughs> The commentary on that is just golden. It's been played a million times. You know, a Champions League will never be won like this again. On and on and on. I mean, I know you had the Eastern Ball miracle, but that was 45 minutes to come back. We had 45 seconds, and I don't think it's ever going to be topped again from a biased point of view. But 45 seconds to win a, to win a game, you you haven't seen it since, and I don't think you will see see that turnaround. And again, the uh, Mateus Samus lit on the floor. You know the referee having to help him up, you know, um, because it, it, the players can't get out from the floor for the for the final kickoff. That moment for me, that the, the pure adulation that Solskjaer has on his face when that goes in is just football at its purest. You know, there is nothing it, it, just iconic. It's just that photo for me. I know the United photo after with David May jumping over everyone who didn't play, but you know, there's like that that kind of John Terry moment. But that for me, it just is one of the most iconic footballing pitches in history. And I, I just think it will never be top for me. Uh, that is my number one iconic moment in the 90s as Solskjaer has won it. What, what do you remember uh, listen, the game? I, I, I remember the game very well. It wasn't the greatest of games, was it? Um, well, you know, awful. awful. They were awful. And then he just fired a load of strikers on, didn't he? Yeah. And then it was, it was Sheringham and Solskjaer were the subs that scored, wasn't it? Yeah. So he fired it on. Listen, we you know we know our rivalry is, is what it is, and but I can only imagine what it would have been like to be a fan of that of Man United at that moment. It must have oh. been the greatest moment in your footballing life because if no one was expecting it, it's the ninetieth minute and you're one 0 down, and then you go on to win two one, two goals like you say in forty five seconds. That's what stuff like magic. That is what that's what football's all about. Yeah. That is what football's all about. You know, like that feeling, and then and then on the flip side, that you're Bayern Munich fan, you cannot believe that's happened. That <laughs> both moments equally live with you forever, doesn't it? Yeah. You know the way you feel about that winning it, and the way you feel about losing it stays with you because you just can't believe it. both sides cannot believe that's happened. No. And it's an it's it's, it's an amazing 
it's an absolutely amazing thing for for you. I also haven't won the Champions League, so I can't say I, I know what you're feeling. But um, it it's a uh, yeah, I can totally understand your, your love for that and it being your greatest moment. Oh, 100%. Um, I've got two more because you've we we snapped on a couple and they're both for my team, so it works, it's worked out quite well. <laughs> so I'll go. I'll do the first one. Is we can't have an iconics decade and not talk about Arsene Wenger. Yeah, you right. know. The man come in, he's changed, he changed football. We, we, we're not going to go on too much about it because we've mentioned it a lot of times. But he come in, he changed the way football was played, the diets, the, the no smoking, the no drinking, etc., etc. And then all the teams followed. He was a revelation. Um, Alex Ferguson said he doesn't know what he's doing. He's come from Japan. Yeah, you know, he's coming, he's talking trash and you know, all that sort of stuff. And he, you know, he produced the goods. He agreed with yourself, he fell away in the noughties, you know. But if you look at some of the teams he was getting to qualify for Champions League, I don't think he'd done too bad. Mm. You know, we know we weren't in for titles, but we had no money, and he didn't want to say that. Um, but if you go back and look at some of the squads that he got in the top four, you no other manager could have done it. Yeah, Hines Hines has a great thing. Everyone was everyone was poo pooing. I'm get him out, get him out, and then be like, I'm not going to see people people poo pooing Ferguson, but it what you know, eight or nine years later, it's taking you to get to challenge it again. Was it no? It's longer than ten years. Is it now? So it's not too dissimilar, dissimilar from us. There's a big and massive gap. Everyone wanted Wenger out. When he went out, it was like no one, everyone came in. It's like, no, he's not good enough. And I think, yeah, I, there's no doubt Wenger was, him coming in was an iconic moment, not just for Arsenal, but for football in the in England, because he opened the door. I know you had other managers before, like Ozzy Ardiles and people like that, but he really opened the door to to a different way of clubs looking at foreign managers, I think, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've spoken about it many times before, so we, won't, we don't need to go into detail. We don't want to bore people. But an amazing moment for me as an Arsenal fan. Oh, easy. Um, Invincible. On, see if you can guess it. Invincible season? No. No, no. This is 90s, oh. isn't it? Invincible was, was 2004. 2004, yeah, of course it was. Strictly 90s today. I mean, as we're as it's going to be me and you for a lot of the time now, maybe Lee Harper, we can we can go where we want with it now because the people that wanted to be all 90s are not, not here. So we've got free run at this now. But anyway, that's for another day. We'll announce, we'll announce, <laughs> make some announcements. But um, it's uh, Arsenal winning the league in 1998. And oh. Adam scoring the fourth goal in against Everton, uh, against Everton to, yeah. to seal to seal the league. But it's not only that; it's the commentary. You know, you had a bit of commentary there. And yeah. when Adams does it and scores it on the half volley top corner, he goes, and that sums it all up. <laughs> and that's the statue they've got outside the Emirates now of, of um, yeah. of Adam standing there. And that's goosebumps for me. You know, I remember that like it was yesterday. But yeah, so Adams. But and you know who sets up Adams for that? Steve Bold. Steve Bold kicks that ball over the over the defense for Adams to run onto it, which is like madness. Two centre backs. <laughs> Adams chests it, chests it down, and hits it on our volley, top corner, and it just stands there. It just turns in a circle, and it, that sums it all up. You never see centre back doing that again, will you? I mean, even now, I never. The back goal was as, as well orchestrated and scored like that. I Steve remember Bold the with the assist. Come um, on, I remember that game. I was in the Springbok pub at the time because basically, if it right if you won that game, United were out. It was it was as you said they won it. And I was in the Springbok pub and I was thinking, oh, Everton are a decent team. We've got a chance here. And I think they, they missed a chance early on, the first six, seven minutes. Yeah, they did. And then all of a sudden it was like one nil. I was like, all oh, right, and then it was two, and I was like, oh, they're fucking destroying them. And then that <laughs> at the fourth minute, I remember it just like I slumped in my seat because not only have you won the league, but you won it in in fashion, and your captain scored the, the, an absolute belter of a goal. It was like it's, it's iconic. It's definitely, as you said, absolutely great. Great. Oh, Arsenal, Arsenal won the last ten games of the season to win it. Yeah, what a run that was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. 
Uh, yeah, that for me, that's an, icon, that's an iconic moment. I think we've covered quite a few. You could delve in there and pull out moments all over the place, but these yeah. are the ones that, um, that stick yeah. out in the memory. I agree. There's There are many you're going to miss. You know, you've got the Cantonar moments, you had uh, the, the Janino moments. You could have looked at the, the the Max Fiction in Italy. There's so many moments you can think iconic moments of the 90s. But oh yeah, we, like I say, we, that sorry, we, mate, we yeah we, we don't, we've done like a controversial moments. So I, I was I could have put you could have put the kung fu kick from Cantona, the yeah the Canio pushing the referee if you want to go. But we've gone down that route with the controversy. So I'm all went iconic moments. You know Agreed. things that definitely more positive. What do you think of the 90s? Moments. Yeah, more iconic positive moments. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, um, little quiz then, Dave. We're going to just do two two guess if you can get who they are. See how many you okay. can get out of these. So the first one, I'll give you a clue, and then you can have a guess of, after each clue. Try and get it as least amount of guesses as you can. I've tried okay. to make it fairly, not easy, but you not too challenging. I had a few ones, but obviously Lee's not made it, so I've scrapped the QPR players and whatnot. Right, first one. First clue is this. Have a guess. Obviously, you're not going to get it from this unless you're a genius. I was born in England in 1975. Who am I? Is this Arsenal players or? No, this is a, a Premier League player. I'll give you a clue. The Premier League player or was a Premier League player. Jesus so Christ. I'm just going to throw out uh, Vinny Jones. Okay, incorrect. I only played for one club in my career. Is this, is it, is it 90s only? This is, uh, this is 90s. I've got 90s, yeah. Uh, Jamie Carragher. No. I have 85 caps for England. Um, play for one club, eighty-five caps for England. Gary Neville. Whoa, yeah, boy. You is did. it? Yeah, yeah. The last <laughs> clue is two more clues. I have won two Premier Leagues as a captain of the club. Was club number one. And uh, uh, clue the last final clue is going to be my brother was the captain of Everton, and you would have got. Oh, I would. Oh, do you know what though? See, that's fourth clue. I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have said it was Gary Neville then because I. Would have presumed it was Keane the whole way through. Ah. So I, I wouldn't have said Gary Neville if I'd have got to the full clue. I might have got it from the from the fifth one though. But that that full clue would have thrown me. Well done. You stuck. Okay, oh. next one. Right here we go. Last one. I was born in Europe in 1973. Who am I? Born in Europe. Yeah. Well, you can't even give me a country. No, the whole oh. the whole of the continent. The whole continent of Europe. Who am I? <laughs> All right. Um, Del Piero. Incorrect. <laughs> the whole continent. Okay, I'll give you right. right. I won eight trophies. Oh, no, no. I won eight trophies in my homeland, including the Champions League. That's either a United player or some Italian. Um I'm gonna go with Roy King. Incorrect. I have also won a Premier League. Jesus Christ. So he's also won. So he's, he's won he won it in his hometown, yeah. The second clue is he's won eight trophies in his hometown. He's won, he's won eight won trophies in his homeland, including the Champions League. And he's also won a Premier League title. Rue Van Isteroy. Incorrect. I have also spent three years in Barcelona and won nothing. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Incorrect. Uh, okay, you ready? Last, I've got two more clues to go with. Next clue. 
I played a hundred games for Arsenal. Is it Dennis Burkamp? Incorrect. Last clue. <laughs> oh, where is it? Hold on. I finished my career for the same club I started my career, Go Ahead Eagles, that I started in 1990 and played my last year in 2009. <laughs> this is bloody... I've had a mayor saying, well, you played 100 games for Arsenal. I said Dennis Burkham. Um <laughs> Oh, this is bloody hard. Um, it's 100 games. Is it Nicholas and Elka? No. Okay, the answer was... You're going to kick yourself in this one because you said all the Netherlands players. It was... Mark Overmars. Overmars. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Ajax, yeah. That's a good That's a good one, that. Yeah. When I was doing the clues, I was thinking, oh, you got... Because I, I didn't want to say from Holland because I thought if you go Holland, it's, it narrows it down. That's why I went with Europe because I thought like, <laughs> it's a bit more challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might have got it if you'd done that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, guys, listen, thanks again. Obviously, the gap's been quite long, but hopefully we'll be producing some more over the summer. Uh, we'll keep in touch. You've got our Twitter page, keep in, in contact with us. And for Dave's cousins out there in, in the, the north of the UK or well, north of England in Scotland, should we say? Well, you say why don't you just say my cousin's in Europe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your cousin's in Europe. Hope you're listening and enjoying, and we'll see you all uh, again very soon. Dave, bit of blast as always. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Thanks, guys. It's straightforward. He's no experience of English football. He's come from Japan. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat him. Love it. So I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. I have to, to talk about facts, because I think it's important. Sports Social Podcast Network.